Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, family? Welcome to kickoff. You already know what it is. It is Speak. The wait is over for picks on who's going to win the biggest game of the season. Cowboys, Eagles, let's tarry no longer and let's get right to it. Who has the edge in the game that you will be watching? Because the whole world's going to be watching a bunch of phenomenal players. But most importantly, let's start with the coaches. These are the minds that dictate what will go on on the field. For my money, who has the edge in this ball game right now? It's got to be Big Mike McCarthy. The Cowboys, they are playing as well as you have ever seen them play under Mike McCarthy's tutelage. But now let's get to the person who touches the football on every single snap. Dak Prescott, Jalen Hurts, they are both, both very, very good. But right now, Dak Prescott is playing as well as he has ever played. Dak Prescott, they got the edge. But now let's talk about the offense in totality. Y'all, this is the biggest game. Last time they played, it was 28 to 23. The Dallas Cowboys offense had 405 yards. Dak Prescott, three passing touchdowns, no picks. This offense rolled, but they found a way to lose. Give me the Cowboys offense for having an edge. Defensively, Cowboys defense, they've been rolling. I mean, they've been rolling. They look good. Eagles, they're wounded after last week. I got to say that the Cowboys once again have the defensive edge, but the Eagles can neutralize all of this because it's cute. Mike McCarthy's coaching better. Dak Prescott's playing better. Offense is playing better. Defense is playing better. That's cute. But Jalen Hurts is my X factor because Jalen Hurts finds a way to win regardless of what else goes on. If Jalen Hurts oh, and Brian Johnson, his offensive coordinator, can put the team on their back, they'll find a way to somehow get it done again. Against the Buffalo Bills, the Eagles won that game. But the Bills had 500 yards of offense to the Eagles 300. Against the Cowboys, round one, the Eagles won that game. But the Cowboys had 400 yards of offense to the Eagles 200. Why? Because of this man, the X factor of Jalen Hurts. I just told y'all who I think has the edge, but let's get to the Eagles' all-time rushing leader, LaShawn, Shady, McCoy, Big Dog. This is a big game. There's no bigger game for the Eagles right now, right here, than this game. Y'all, this is a game that the whole world is going to watch. watch. Far end, that's James Jones, Super Bowl champ. To his right, the brilliant Joy Taylor. To my right, the Eagles' all-time rushing leader. He needs no introduction. Shady, talk to me, Big Dog. Who's going to win this game and why? And why? I wish I was playing right now. <laughs> Yo, I got to say this. Football is better when the Cowboys is good yep. and the Eagles yeah. is good. Yeah. There's just something about it. And them, and them Niners. No doubt. Now, we need the Steelers to be good. So. <laughs> but overall, I mean, it's, it's a great game. And then 
The, the, the best part about it is everything that's at stake right now. Yeah. All right, we, we talk about playoff seedings, mm-hmm. right? The number one seed, the, the division leaders, like all these type of things. We got to win this game. It's a big game. It show. It's huge. We need our stars to play great. Yeah. We need our Jalen Hurts to play like Jalen Hurts. Talk about it's it. AJ Brown to be AJ Brown. Talk about it. We need Devontae Smith to be him. He has Man. no choice. On defense, her, a song ready, I need you, baby. Gotta show up. And let me tell you why, the, the, the why part. So I told you what we got to yep, do. You told me the who. Let me tell you why. Tell me the why. <laughs> Can I step in your shoes? Please do. Please do. Please One do. thing about football in this game, and I watched that Seahawks game, yeah. it's all about matchup, matchup right? Matchup. Rob Bland's a hell of a quarterback. Oh, my God, they play a lot of men. But we got a guy named A.J. Brown Talk about it. that loves to get busy. <laughs> One-on-one, I need this to happen. I love D.K. Metcalf, hell of a player. He ain't A.J. Brown. He is not A.J. Brown. Uh. And when we get into your one-on-one matchups, that's what you got to do. You got to take them deep. Jalen Hurts, let that thing go. And let's score. That's what we got to do to beat the Cowboys. Okay. One-on-one matchups. And the last uh. thing I got to say about this, we got to run the ball. Got to run the ball. If we run the ball with Swift, 10 carries or more, I need like 20 carries. Yeah. That's how we going to win, I, baby. That's what I heard, Shady. Pre-show, we about the matchups. about this. The magic number for the Philadelphia Eagles is not 2-5 this game. The magic number is 20, because 20 carries is what you want to see from DeAndre Swift. You believe that 20, not necessarily 2-5, the number that no Eagles player will ever wear again because of you. 20 is the magic number for the Eagles this game. 20 carries for DeAndre Swift, the Eagles win. My bad, I was thinking about that 25. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I think for us to win this game, first of all, when he gets 10 carries more, we, we were like undefeated. Yep. Right? So now, in a game like this, where you have an amazing pass rush with the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. You got Michael Parsons, who's a hell of a player. It's hard to, it's hard to stop him. Sure. How do you stop him? How do you know they're not? Because you can't stop him. How do you slow him down? True. You run the ball at him. Don't oh, run away oh. from him. Don't, don't, don't. Oh. Run the ball at him or go give some screens. Let's do that. Slow him down a little bit. And then to talk about the matchups. Yeah. The Cowboys, they love to play one-on-one, man-on-man. True. They got some corners. They feel like they like that. Yeah. Cool. You feel like you like that? We are, too. And the way that Howie Rosen built this office, built this team, we got the linemen to protect Jalen Hurts. We got a quarterback that throw the ball, yeah. and we got wide receivers that can make plays. Yeah. One-on-one, that's what you want. That's what it comes yeah. down to. Joy, this is one of the biggest games in sports, I will say. Not just in the NFL, in sports. Cowboys game. are very, very good. Eagles are very, very good. But Shady, he illuminated my mind to the fact of there's a lot at stake, y'all. Mm-hmm. The first time they played, there wasn't that much at stake. Now the NFC East lead is at stake. Yeah. Potentially the route to the Super Bowl. Will it go mm-hmm. through Dallas? Will it go through I-95? Mm-hmm. The route to the Super Bowl is also at stake. Joy, who... Wins and why? I'm going with the Eagles. Okay. The why is it matters more to them at this point. Mm. They've done more throughout the season at this point to be in control of the NFC and in control of the division. Yep. Dallas, if they lose this game, they win a couple more. They're going to be in essentially the same position that they are now going into the postseason. They've, they've lived in this reality of where they are pretty much all season long, which is not a bad reality to be. It's mm-hmm. a for sure spot in the postseason, which is step one in – any journey to the Super Bowl yeah. is making it to the dance in the first place. So I think this game just means more to the Eagles. Obviously, if they lose, they're not out of the playoffs. But you've been in control of the NFC for the whole season. You've been in control of the division. It's so crazy how week-to-week stuff can change. Now, all of a sudden, it's up again. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it means more to the Eagles. It's very important. Obviously, again, we're not, we're not harping on this, but we can all tell that Jalen is not 100%. True. It would be nice for them to be able to relax a little bit down the stretch. If you get this game, you win the season series against Dallas, you're in a position to, to keep the top of the NFC and to keep control of the division. It, it's just a more important game to me to the Eagles because of all the circumstances that are going on. Why I think they win is partly that, but also 
I went back and watched the first matchup. Did you? We we're gonna get into it a little okay, bit. Let but me I show think, you. I think we maybe 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 overreacted just a little bit mm. to the uh, disparity in the quarterback play throughout the game. Because mm-hmm. really, what it came down to was one play. Dak Prescott stepped out of bounds. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Brandon Graham. Yeah. Size thirteen. Dak Prescott steps out of bounds. Brandon Graham. He doesn't step out of bounds. They, they're three points away field at the goal. end of the game. They kick a field goal. They go to overtime. Maybe we're having a completely different True. conversation True. at this point. So we say all this about the, you know, the MVP performances and outplaying each other and why do we have so much faith in Jalen Hurts. It's a game of inches. That's True. That moment could have shifted the entire season. We could all be having a different conversation about the Dallas Cowboys, about the Eagles right now going into this game just because of that. And obviously there's plays you make throughout the game, but it really comes down to moments, especially when you're talking about two great teams matching up. Mm-hmm. I love football. <laughs> I love football because this, this, this is going to be good. I mean, you got a dude over there in Jalen Hurts that all he does is win. Yeah. You got a dude in Dak Prescott right now who is on fire. Now, I'm a coachable person, right? And yesterday, we were talking on the show, and Shady said, you know, when they won the Super Bowl, it was just a swag and confidence. When you got off the bus, they knew it was showtime. Dudes didn't stand no chance, Mm -hmm. right? I felt the same way when we won the Super Bowl, getting off the bus. I'm like, man, the mojo that we got right now, how we rolling, we can't be stopped. We don't care who it is. Better record, it don't matter. Y'all in trouble. Mm. That's what the Dallas Cowboys are right now. That's why, for me... Dallas Cowboys win this game, and they win this game because they are the hottest football team right now. They are playing better football than the Eagles right now. Do the Eagles got star power? Absolutely. Will I be surprised if the Eagles found a way to win? Absolutely not. But the Cowboys is playing such good football right now on both sides of the football, and the Eagles are not. I will be... Truly surprised if they find a way to get this one done. In Dallas, to where you have won 14 in a row, the Dallas Cowboys have an MVP-level quarterback playing right now in Dallas. They are just on fire. They are playing extremely well on both sides of the ball. The Philadelphia Eagles are trying to find their way. They have not been consistent um, this football season um, on the football field. I like Dallas in this one. And the reason why is they just an extremely hot football team playing well right now. You would be surprised if the Eagles won this game? I would. By the way they've been playing this season and the way the Dallas Cowboys is rolling right now, I'd be surprised. The Cowboys are one of five teams this season without a win over a current playoff team. I'm with you. They gave up 70 points in their two games against the Niners and the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Their second most in penalties in the NFL. You're all that. But they rolling right now. Yo, uh, when, they, when they played the Seahawks, was you surprised about that score? How that game went? Were you surprised about that? Yeah, I, I was surprised the defense gave up all right? the points. I, I didn't know. No, I remember I said on TV it was going to be a close game, but I didn't think the defense was going to give up well, that many points. Why do you think it's been a close game? You thought the Seahawks was a good team? Well, I think the Seahawks got a bunch of good players. The Seahawks is not just some slouches. The Seahawks got, got some hard players. Got some dudes yeah. that got, they got hard. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm interested, though, because let's talk about how much pressure is in this matchup. Shady, I don't know if you recall, 2014, uh, we went 10-6. and six, We missed the playoffs. We had to play the Cowboys and really a must-win game. We played the Cowboys. We beat them on Thanksgiving. Then we played the Seahawks. Then we played the Cowboys again. We have to beat the Seahawks and we have to beat the Cowboys to make it to the playoffs for sure. If you win one of them, you might make it. We lost both of them. That was that game where the infamous picture Dez Bryant, Malcolm Jenkins before the game, they chirping at each other because we all knew how much was at stake. Yeah. There's a lot at stake in this one. Shade, you've played in a lot of these games before. What's the mentality of the Eagles players knowing Mm. it's not a must win, but it's yeah. a must win. And, and, and that's part of it, the, the must win part, right? For the, all the playoff applications and all that, yep. for that. But it's more of like, um, 
not even bragging rights, but pride, mm-hmm. right? The Cowboys, and it's not like we hate each other, because even playing with Dez, I, I was cool with Dez, yeah. right? Yeah. But it, it's that pride, though. Like, y'all in our division? Y'all, y'all talking like y'all the, y'all, the, y'all the team? Everyone on TV's talking about that Prescott? Right. We got Jalen Hurts right here. Y'all forgot about who he was? Yeah, that's so good. all them things matter. And, and, I, and you don't really, like, understand a rivalry until you actually in a rivalry. Mm-hmm. You don't really know, like, a real fight. What you mean? What you mean? Until you, you in a real fight. What you mean? You know what I'm saying? And it's like, and it's like when, when you get there, like, like it's... It's easy and obvious that yeah. we hate Cowboy fans. Yeah. Cowboy fans hate Eagles. This is, this is something about it. So then when you get into this rivalry, because you we probably heard about on TV, the Eagles. But when you really start playing, and you're going to see all the, after the, uh, after the play, all the pushing and shoving yeah. And, yeah. And, and, yeah. and words being said and flags and all that. Because it, it, it means some surprise thing. Like, and and it, when you have two great teams right now that's playing at elite level, because normally it might be Eagles are better or Cowboys yep. are better. Right. It's right here in the middle. Yep. Right? And the last two years has been like that. Yep. So now it's like the, the, the bragging rights, the pride. Like, nah, I'm going to show y'all. Mm-hmm. So every game in a division, especially when it's a rivalry, and if both teams are good, it makes football great. Mm-hmm. And you're going to see a lot of after the play hits yeah, that little dirty yeah, play. Yeah, you're going to see it. You're going to see it. Hey, my bad. I got the best rivalry. Mr. Rivalry, man. Joy, does the pendulum switch? And I know your answer, but I got to ask you anyway. James, I know your answer, and I can't wait to ask you after. Does the pendulum switch of dominance in the NFC East? Last year, you went into the season, and we were like, oh, the Eagles run the, the Cowboys run the NFC East. Mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts was coming off a nine-win season. Cowboys still coming off a 12-win season, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Jalen Hurts goes nine and seven. They lose to the Bucks in the playoffs. It was ugly. Yep. We go into the season, oh, it's all about them Cowboys. Jalen Hurts, Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts beats them. Jalen Hurts goes, I think, 14 and one as a starter. Then this season, Eagles continue to dominate. But now the pendulum switches a little bit. Cowboys barely lost that game to the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Cowboys look really good right now. Eagles don't look as good as we expect them to see. If the Cowboys win, does the pendulum of power, does the power dynamic in the NFC, does it turn over mm-hmm. at least for a week, two weeks, the rest of the season? Like, I mean, if switch? they end up winning the division, yeah. If they win this game and then they lose, they don't win the division, then no. It, it means it means nothing. Does it in your mind, in the sense of... But what, can, but what does that can, mean? Like, it, at the end of the day, it's results. Like, I can feel how I want to feel about power rankings, and we can feel somebody is playing better than someone else is playing, and someone outplayed someone else or whatever. Like, all of those are feelings. This is a results-driven business. If the Cowboys win this game, which will be a huge game for them, it'll be by far their best win of the season, the statement win of the season so far, and it might end up being the statement win of the season in totality. If they don't end up winning the division... What difference does it make? Does it make a difference of how you assess the teams? Meaning they could both be 14 and 3. Cowboys could lose the division even though they have the exact same record. Mm-hmm. James Jones, you just asked him the question of, wait, you think the Cowboys are going to win? Mm-hmm. Does it at no, least no, change something? I don't think something? that the Cowboys can't win this game. Of course they can win this game. They're playing at a very high level. Does it change? If you, how could you be surprised if they lost this game? Not surprised. Uh, let me clarify. I'm not asking a good enough question. Does it change how you would view who runs the NFC? I'm not talking about seeding, but, like, who do you think is in control of the NFC? Does that change? No, because the, the Niners beat both these teams down. Mm. Mm. Where you stand on that? NFC East. Well, I mean, NFC East. You, NFC East. You are in second place. Like, even if it's for three days, even if it's for a week, if you lose this football game on Sunday Night Football, is well as you have played and gutted out wins and all that and found yourself to ten wins, you are sitting at second place. 
not playing good football, have log, got beat down by the Niners, and then you lose to the Cowboys and you're sitting at second place. So everything that you have done this football season got you at second place right now. So absolutely. Absolutely it changes, and it changes in the Cowboys' favor because the Cowboys is one of the hottest teams in football right now. The Eagles are cooling off, and now you find yourself in second place. Yes, absolutely. And, yes, you got to beat the Giants and all that to win the division, which you probably will. But for one week, you are in second place in this division. You're you cooling on that. So for, so for, what, for one week, that's dominance? For the Cowboys? <laughs> I mean, I would hope the Cowboys have more pride than that. I would hope that they have more arrogance than to be, you know, beating their chest about being in first place for one week. But I mean, there's, at the end of the day, we, we gotta, don't know what's going to happen. Though. Sure, we don't know what's going to happen. But I'm saying, like, we, we got to wait to answer this question till the end of the season. Like, this is, this is a week-to-week league for us, mm-hmm. for fans, because we are up here talking. But both of these teams have bigger aspirations than this. They have, they have, they're, they're looking to accomplish more than being able to say, we run the NFC East. You don't run anything in the NFCs if you don't win the division. So yeah, this is part of getting that done, but it's just one step. So I, I can't imagine that the Cowboys, the players, the organization, the people in the building are walking around thinking, yeah, we run stuff. Y'all lost to them earlier this season. You're going to be in this position maybe for a few days, and that could shift again. So it, it's, it's too much that they but aspire to not only that, to though, the pressure goes way up. The pressure goes way up. If the, if the Eagles lose this game, there's no room for error. No, that I there's no room for error, and you can't drop another game and Jalen Hurts can't rest, none of that. It it is interesting for my mind is like the Cowboys players, if I were them, if we win this game, I'm looking at the Eagles like, oh, now they still leaking blood and we good. Like if the Cowboys win this one and don't let them win it by 10 or more, then they they looking like, yo, the Eagles lost 42 to 19 to the Niners. Then we just whooped up on them. I'm like, oh, they leak. It's almost not an I hope we see them again, but it's almost one of like, Oh, they leaking oil. Don't the Cowboys have a lot of more work to do? It would be the same. What do you mean? If they're both 10-3 and three after this, to some degree, they both kind of have to win out. Right. They do. So, so, you're, so they're just going to walk out of this game assuming that the Eagles are not going to take care of business? No. But it's, to me, it's that like... Because the Eagles have a way easier schedule than the Cowboys do down the stretch. I would have so much more confidence if I played for the Cowboys if you win this game. When you beat the Eagles last year, it didn't count. It was Gardner Minshew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when the Cowboys beat, when the Eagles beat y'all last year, it didn't count. Cooper it was Rush. Cooper Rush. Right. So if I'm Micah Parsons, then in the last two years, this season is a game that counted. Mm-hmm. That Cooper Rush game, that uh, Gardner Minshew game, that don't count. These are the ones that count. If the Cowboys find a way to win, I just think they chest going to stick out a little bit more. I, I would hope that they have, they, they have more perspective than that. Yeah, it's, I, it's one game, and you got a lot of more work to do. I don't know what counts or don't count. I know this. When we win uh, this Sunday, yeah, my boy Slim will be in the building. Let's get it. He's going to be right pick, here huh? next <laughs> to <laughs> me. me. Let's go, baby. Bring this thing home. We beat him at home. We're going to beat him on the road. Come to Big D, Big Dallas, holding it down. Big matchups, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith. Good. We got Swift in the back for yeah. Jalen Hurts. We got our best. It's going to be good. We want to see Dallas got their best. Mm. It's going to be. Slim going to be here at his best. Mm. Let's get it. This game is one of them ones. Now, I apologize in advance for the conversation we're about to have next. I can't believe the question I am about to ask, but is it time for Mike Tomlin and the Steelers to begin thinking about Ooh. parting ways? Whoa, whoa, whoa. The Pittsburgh Gazette, they wrote an article. 
And I got to ask questions. I can't believe the discussion mm. we're about to have after this commercial break. Do not forget, check us out every day on the Fox Sports Channel. A light skin brother like right here, he, she might retire. <laughs> Family, we're in second and short, but take the time to read what's on the screen in front of you. Is the Steelers' Mike Tomlin era nearing, nearing its end? Now, Emmanuel Lacho didn't write that. Joy Taylor didn't write that. Shady McCoy, James Jones, we didn't write that. I would never. I the would Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, a highly esteemed and well-respected duck. Paper wrote that. Is the Mike Tomlin era coming to an end? Now, Joy, I can't believe I'm asking this question, but I must do my job. And furthermore, I didn't want to be lazy and just assume no. So, America, let's have a hard conversation, an uncomfortable conversation, if you will. Shameless plug. Uh, Mike Tomlin, he hasn't won a playoff game in seven years. Mm -hmm. We talk about Mike McCarthy's Super Bowl trophy being old. Well, if Mike McCarthy's is old, Mike Tomlin has rust on it. Mm. Furthermore, when you think about defensive coaches in football, when's the last time a defensive coach who wasn't quarterbacked by Tom Brady won a Super Bowl? You would have to go to Pete Carroll in 2013. But when you also think about defensive coaches in football, of which Mike Tomlin may be the greatest one, defensive coaches often err at the quarterback position. Mike Tomlin isn't alone. Ron Rivera, Sam Howell, Matt Eberflus, Justin Fields, Robert Sala, Zach Wilson, Bill Belichick, Matt Jones, Mike Vrabel, Will Levis, Malik Willis, Ryan Tannehill. So I don't think it is a coincidence that these defensive coaches are struggling. The three that have gotten it right are Sean McDermott, D'Amico Ryans, and lastly, Pete Carroll with Geno Smith. Is the Mike Tomlin era coming to an end? Is Mike Tomlin... <laughs> Should we give him a pass? Oh, we, we, like, all due respect, D'Amico's doing an amazing job. We just, we, we put in, we, we just, we, we, the season, we haven't even finished the season yet. Let's, let's, hold on. Good quarterbacks. That's what I'm saying. Good quarterbacks. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Good quarterbacks. Ben Roethlisberger, their first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback, retired in 2021. Yeah. Right? It's 2023. Mm -hmm. So, he's, he's, let's just hold on. <laughs> let's, let's, let's pause for a bit. We're giving Robert Sala a pass, right? Mm -hmm. Giving Robert Sala a pass? Yeah. He Are you? I mean, I, I think everybody's here. Robert's probably going to be the coach of the Jets next year. Like, I, I feel good about that. If I had to put my money on, he's going to be there next year. Had when to we just, Tim Boyle. Yeah, like, we, 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 overall, he's getting a pass. Sorry, Tim. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Tim. Tim catching straight. I mean, you know, he can catch straight. He's catching them right down, right down the middle. Here's, my, here's the issue I have with it. The Steelers organization is a championship-level organization. Mm -hmm. They have six Lombardis. They are the standard of winning and consistency. They have had three head coaches in 55 seasons. There are some teams that have had three head coaches in the last season and a half. They are consistent. They are a legendary cornerstone franchise of the NFL. But when you talk about winning in the postseason and you're talking about Super Bowls, as of late, they've been falling short. Now, are they having winning seasons? Mm -hmm. Are they getting to the postseason? Yes, they've been in the postseason three of the last six years. I am with the standard being raised a bit in Pittsburgh because I'm used to the Steelers competing for Super Bowls. Yeah. Steelers fans are used to the Steelers competing for Super Bowls. The Steelers organization is used to competing for Super Bowls. But when I look at a coach like Mike Tomlin, who, if he was to depart from Pittsburgh, would get hired instantaneously mm -hmm. his phone would blow up with half of the league Man. talking to him about coming into their organization as they should because only 13 head coaches all time have more than 170 nfl wins mm -hmm. he is 170 99 and two in 17 years yeah he is when i think of a coach that is is the standard of what i want an nfl coach to be mm -hmm. mike tomlin 
is that. And he wins every which way, and he takes care of his side of the ball. <clears throat> we know exactly what we're getting with Mike Tomlin. I do think that the Steelers have fallen short of what the expectations are for the organization when it comes to the postseason. But why do we have those expectations? Because of the standard that Mike Tomlin and the Steelers have set. That the standard that the Steelers have set and that Mike Tomlin has picked up the torch and carried through his 17 years there. So I think we are overacting a bit. I mean, they, they're in the playoff picture with Kenny Pickett and the Yada backup quarterback mm -hmm. last night. So I, I do think we need to pump the brakes a little bit. Mm -hmm. I think the bigger picture conversation is where they're going to redirect next year. Here's why, James, I don't know if I can still say I'm overreacting. To me, it's not just a one-year thing. I think good is the enemy of great. And the Pittsburgh Steelers are good, mm -hmm. consistently good. Mike Tomlin is the epitome of very, very, very good. He has never, mm -hmm. ever had a losing season as a head coach. Mm -hmm. That might be one of the most unbreakable records in the history of the NFL. So mm -hmm. let me preface with that. But to not win a playoff game for mm -hmm. seven years, yeah. it's a long time, y'all. Yeah. You can go get your doctorate in college in seven years. Mm -hmm. It's a long time. Let's just put that in context. Last time they won a Super Bowl, I was in high school. Yeah. It's a long time. Mm -hmm. So where I'm at with this is not that he wouldn't get hired again. He'd get hired instantly, like Joy said brilliantly. Of course he would. Andy Reid did as well. And Andy Reid and the Chiefs have since won two Super Bowls, and the Eagles have gone to two Super Bowls, and they won one after parting ways. It was mutually beneficial. Mm -hmm. Could that be something that Steelers fans have to start to consider? Well, first off... This, this is crazy, right? It's, it's absolutely crazy to even have Coach Tomlin's name into anything like this. You're talking about 17 seasons and not one losing season. Yeah, it's 17 years and not one losing season. You know, they always say the grass ain't always greener on the other side. It's a coaching carousel right now, right? So we're sitting over here having this conversation about Mike Tomlin, but then in the back of our mind, we're like, boy, if the Steelers let him go, it's going to be 32 teams that want Coach Tomlin. So, so what are we talking about? Number one, his side of the ball always balls, always. Number two, it's about identifying the problem. You know what the problem is? Kenny Pickett and Mitchell Trubisky. Right? That, that is the problem, right? Just like Robert Sala, it's about identifying the problem, right? And they tried to in Aaron Rodgers. So for me, what we have seen from Kenny Pickett, and I know he's young and I know he's early, and obviously what we've seen from Mitch Trubisky, they're not going to take you to greatness, right? They may take you or help you continue to have these winning seasons, but they are not going to win you playoff games and get you to Super Bowls from what we have seen with our own two eyes. So you got to identify the problem and you have to go out there and you have to find your quarterback. But when you're talking about at the coaching position, he is a hell of a coach at the coaching position. And anybody in the National Football League, even the ones that got a solid coach might think about uh, getting Coach Tomlin. He has done his job. And even after two losses and, and these people to be coming out with this stuff right here on Coach Tomlin, this is absolutely yeah, crazy I, I, I'm right I'm going to say this right here right now. I don't condone no Mike Tomlin slander at all. <laughs> Mike Tomlin is the type of coach that players love to play for him. Sure. Either you play for him, right? Or if you play against him, you would love to play for him. Mm -hmm. I was one of them players. I had a chance to really know Mike Tomlin. And he, he said, you talked about 17 years without no losing seasons. Yeah. And I be thinking about a coach. Should a coach get more praise for winning games, right, and doing well with a team when you don't have a good quarterback play, right? And it's hard to win this league without a quarterback. Of course. So we look at every other coach in this league that don't have a quarterback, they lose. Right now, Bill Belichick's one of the, they say he's one of the greatest coaches of all time. He don't have his quarterback. You see what he looked like. He went from being him 
mm-hmm. Moses to, 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 <laughs> to Lucifer in two seconds, right? You know what I'm saying? So, no, I'm being serious, though. Like, he was for everybody loving him. Everything, every interview he would do, we all loved it. Now it's like, man, it's time for him to get, get fired. It's, it's this time up. So it's like, I think with Coach Tomlin, like, he should be praised for the stuff he's doing. Mm-hmm. The, the, in 2020 and 2021, there was the playoffs. Yes, sir. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. This team made the playoffs? How? Yep. The Steelers in the playoffs with that type of team? We talked about Big Ben. I love Big Ben. Great player. At the end of his time, he was awful. Sure. Do we not agree? Agree. They still was winning. So it's times where he's a defensive-minded coach. It's times where the defense is winning the game. Offense can't put up no points. Sure. They've been trashed the whole game. They might get three points or seven points. And the defense wins the game. Sack fumble. Uh, strip sack. Or yeah. Whatever it is. So when we talk about Mike Tomlin, we got to put some respect on his name. Yes, we do. That's Mike Tomlin we talking about, Acho. Correct. And, and I get what you're saying, right? But as I look at all the other coaches, right? Ron Rivera, I thought he was a really, really good coach. Soon you lose Cam, you don't have a quarterback? What you look like? Mm-hmm. Harbaugh. Harbaugh ain't been doing... Now, I will say this about Harbaugh. They do win, but he got Lamar Jackson. Should we get on him more for not winning more games, not winning more playoff games because you got Lamar Jackson, you don't do it? So we can always point the finger, but I think we got to give more respect to a coach that is winning with less, doing more with less. Good. What, what's interesting to me, though, uh, whole table, it's interesting. Oh, so interesting. But it's also frustrating. It's the one. Yeah, talking so about Mike Tomlin, and here's what we say. He's never had a losing season. Never. Because that's remarkable. Um, it is. I, I literally went direct to camera and said, I think it's one of the most <laughs> unbreakable records. But is the objective not to lose or is the objective to win? And the reason I say that is because everything everybody's saying about Mike Tomlin is right. I'm not even saying the Steelers should move on from Mike Tomlin. I'm just saying I have to do my due diligence of asking. But, Joy, where I really stand, and now I plant my flag on the ground, is defensive coaches have problems doing two things, identifying and developing quarterbacks, even the greatest of all time. Bill Belichick, he can't identify it, and he can't develop it. Mike Tomlin, at least in the last two years, either he misidentified or he didn't develop. Let's not even talk about that. Let's go to Salah. They either misidentified or he didn't develop. Let's go to Vrabel. He's from the Belichick tree. Either didn't identify or he didn't develop. Ron Rivera, he went to a Super Bowl, formerly had a Super Bowl coach in Cam Newton. He either can't identify or he can't develop. So the dilemma for me is, remember, Mike Tomlin, and you know this better because you may have been in Pittsburgh at the time, he adopted Big Ben. He didn't draft him. Yeah. Ben no, he was inherited already, him from Cower. He was already there. He inherited a Hall of Fame quarterback. Inherited. Gifted. Hall of Fame. You're coaching a team that already won the Super Bowl three years before, and you have a Hall of Fame quarterback. Mm-hmm. So let's also not act like he did. No, 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 no. He inherited <laughs> Big Ben in the dude's prime. And in that time with Ben Roethlisberger, he won another Super Bowl and yep. went back to another, another Super, Super Bowl, Bowl. Yep. and has never had a losing season, mm-hmm. has had ups and downs, has had backup quarterbacks and all rookie quarterbacks and whatever the situation is, they still win games in the NFL, which is really hard to do. When you look at the situation that the Steelers are in, the identifying marker of the issue with the Steelers is coaching? Yeah, not head coaching, but coaching. Remember, they fired Matt Canada first time you fire a coach in the OC. Okay, but like Matt Canada, we're, we're talking about the scope. We're talking about like, fa- like a, the failure in the postseason under Mike Tomlin. That's why we're having this conversation, right? Yeah, I'd say it's quarterback play and it's offense. I, I'm going to say that the problem in Pittsburgh is not Mike Tomlin. When we're talking about moving on from coaches, it's because there's a coaching issue. What was the record when Andy Reid left Philadelphia? Four and 12. 
But th- would you say that was a coaching issue? Or no, but I'm saying that, I'm saying that, sure, but whatever the reason was, they had a reason to move on from Andy Reid, whether it was right or wrong, and clearly you could argue that it was right or wrong because they recovered, like but, no, but people did not agree with that choice, and Andy Reid has since had a wild success, so I would argue it wasn't the coaching in that situation. What about, isn't that example, which I think is a really good example, doesn't that serve both points? Because the Eagles have had wild success. They've won their first Super Bowl ever yes. with the departure of Andy Reid. Yes. Andy Reid had wild success, so it's like who, they who, both won. Yeah, but, who, but, but who, it's about who, hitting on the quarterback. Who, who won though? Right, Andy Reid's young boy, Doug Peterson. It's my young boy right there. Hey, take care of him. I'll be right back. <laughs> Seriously though. Yeah, I mean, he came from the Andy Reid. And, 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 and if you look at see Andy Reid, that's that's that's, come on, that's special to me right here. Mm-hmm. Before they got Andy Reid, they wasn't a good team. Yeah, he changed the whole culture, mm-hmm. and then we went for 15 years of, of actually good football. Once he got the players he wanted, you said, I did uh, identify yeah. and, and develop. Well, that's he, did he did all that. Oh, he did right? all that. Is that Don Burnett? I need him. <laughs> the Shaw Jack. I need Shady. I need all yeah, them guys. Yeah. So he, he got these players and then he developed them. And I, I think they moved on to Andy Reid too early. But if he would have stayed there, we would have got a championship, a couple of them. The same way he did the same thing in Kansas City. When they went to Kansas City, they were no good team. Mm-hmm. They had some good players. They wasn't winning. What did he do? Alex Smith supposed to be yeah, yeah, whatever yeah. he is. Bust he was at the time. So, so when you have these type of coaches, I think that even in the Eagles, and, and we did win, and we're winning now. Yeah. I think they had to change, uh, um, um, uh, uh, go back in time. I think they would keep Andy Reid. Really? Yeah. Yes. When you got something special like that, you don't want to let that go for real. But, but knowing, even with the success, success, success they got, they know that deep But knowing, knowing what you know now, yeah. right? Like you're Eagles all-time right, leader. Right. So always know that you bleed green. Okay. After Andy left, uh-huh. the Eagles instantly won the division. You were there, I was there. Mm-hmm. They went to a Super Bowl and won one five years later. Mm-hmm. Then they went back to another Super Bowl five years after that. See, Two Super Bowls this, in ten years. They're one of the best franchises right, right. right now cool. in all of the NFL. No, no, no doubt like, about it. How, no you doubt. would trade that for a, a maybe? Because they, they ain't no maybe. Everybody you keep talking about, who you think put them people there? Howie was not the man when, when Andy was there. You know that, right? He wasn't the, of course. Andy groomed him, too. Yo, look at these players. Look at this. This is what you want to do. Get these. He grew him into that. So everybody that kind of was the, the that kept Philly and that, and that space winning and all that, and that was Andy's people. But also, they, to, like, to that point, when you look at the Steelers organization, they draft really well. Mm-hmm. They always they have. Do. And for, for a city that you think of, you think of a run game, you think of defense, you think of great. They draft receivers really well. They draft skill positions really well. They play the they play good disciplined football. Like they 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 have a culture. They have stability. You, like like saying saying the enemy of, of great is good. What's 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 being terrible? What's being inconsistent? What's being a barnyard musical going through coaches and GMs and, 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 and quarterbacks and Tim Boyle and God. this guy and, and switching things around and, and having T-shirts? Like, what's that then? Don't you feel that it is easier to correct a small thing? And, and a quarterback can be a big thing or a small thing, but correct one thing or correct everything. So when I, when I say that consistency matters, like build on what you already have. They don't have to build the entire culture. No, they, don't they don't have to build the don't. entire identity. They don't have to build the entire defensive side of the they're ball. They're one position they away. Yes, they're Short one period. position away. I'd much rather be in a stable position with a coach that is, is as prestigious and is, as close to winning as Mike Tomlin is, who, by the way, has already solidified himself with a Super Bowl and another Super Bowl appearance. And, and consistently throughout the regular season, then change so I can be on the offensive side of things and risk blowing up the organization. Because I'll tell you this, I'll tell you this, they're, they're in this, this consistent winning space now. There was a long time where that wasn't the case. And Steelers fans do not want that reality. 
You said they draft really well. You're right. But let me challenge that. I don't think they draft the most important position. At least Tomlin does really well. We know the quarterbacks the Steelers have drafted. Landry Jones, Mm -hmm. Mason Rudolph, Josh Dobbs of who they let go, Kenny Pickett. So... Though they but draft it's only really one first round, though they yeah, draft- Kenny Pickett is the only indictment yeah. sure, there. Teams, uh, teams draft quarterbacks throughout the draft backups, all the but, time. But backups that don't work sure, out. But again, we've seen fourth round picks play at MVP levels. Yeah. That Prescott. I'm not going to mention Brock Purdy if we want to say that Brock Purdy's luck. Yeah. But I will say, if you're using capital, these are third round picks mm-hmm. in Mason Rudolph. I think a third round or fourth rounder in Landry, a fourth rounder in Dobbs, and a first round. But what I'm Pickett. saying is, you can do that. We can go. We can go do that for every team. Yes, but the only thing in James Jones take the ball and run with it, and then we'll take it to break is. I don't – how you draft to some degree can be irrelevant if you don't draft the quarterback position yeah. well, James Jones, uh, or develop at, it. At, at the end of the day, they ain't talking about Mr. Trubisky up there. They not talking about Kenny Pickett. That, that headline said Mike Tomlin. Is Mike Tomlin a top-five coach? Yes. Not right now. He ain't a top-five coach in the league right now. Not for me, but I'm glad he is for y'all. I'll give you, I can give you my five, but is he, your, is he in top-five? Please, please. Can you show the answer? Let the good brother finish. Yo, I want to know your top five coaches? Tom was a good coach. Wow. No, no. So you don't want to answer. Who's your top five coaches right now? Top five right now off the top of my head. I apologize if I miss one. I'll say Kyle Shanahan. Andy Reid first. Don't play. I'm not going in order. Andy Reid, Kyle Shanahan. Sean McVay, I would take Doug Peterson, and I would likely take an offensive mind. So either give me uh, Mike McDaniel, give me Zach Taylor. Maybe give you yeah, – I'll take an offensive mind. I'll take an offensive mind. So I you, believe in offensive minds, and I'm uh, a defensive player. Uh, so you're taking all those dudes over Coach Tomlin, and he's accomplished more than half them dudes up there you're talking he may, about. He may have accomplished more Even than them. Even the first name you see. He said. may have accomplished more than all of them combined. Yes, Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan did what Tomlin no, did. He, he yeah, Andrew was a second one. The, the only yeah. reason we've had these conversations and these are great is I think offense wins championships in this day and age. And so I think you have to be a, a front-thinking offense. I think you have to be great with motions, great with shifts. Your quarterback has to play at a high level. You have to develop your quarterback great. So I, I agree with everything on Mike Tomlin, but get, for me, give me an offensive mind. I think an offensive head coach will win the Super Bowl yeah. this year. I just, that's what I think. I yeah. think next year they'll win one too. Yeah, I mean, I think you're crazy. I think, I think, <laughs> Coach, I think Coach Tomlin is a top five coach in this He's league right now, coach. still to this day. I mean, we're talking about 17 years. Yeah. Not a, a losing season. The, I mean, we're talking guys, about a Super Bowl trophy and a Super Bowl appearance. You giving Kyle Shanahan just because he, he uh, designed all these plays, he ain't accomplished what Coach Tomlin has I'm accomplished. Saying, yeah, yeah. He won the Super Bowl, yeah. not just getting there. You're talking about a coach that gave up back. a 20-something yeah. point lead in the Super Bowl. Bowl with a master offensive mind, and you couldn't pick up first downs and, to win a Super Bowl? And a league MVP. And you're talking about yeah, they are MVP. better than Coach Tomlin, so that's why, even if your opinion has Coach Tomlin out of the top five, I know you got him in the top ten. This is a top ten head coach in the Wait, national not break. We, yeah. we, we, we were not going to break <laughs> It's getting crazy. Yeah, it's yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. You ain't saying that with confidence. Yeah. You need to say it with As your, you fan yourself, you're you not say saying it with that with your guy. Right here. He's a great coach. It hurts me that you even had to think about that top yeah. ten. It does. Yeah, easy, it does. Top, easy top ten. And you're still thinking. That's the right. 
crazy. Uh, all right, family, when we return, there were shocking statements made Ooh. by Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa, he said he put out the blueprint to stop Jalen Hurts. Well, Cowboys fans, you're going to want to watch this after the break. I'm going to show you all the blueprint based on what Nick Bosa said to stop Jalen Hurts. You haven't seen anything like this on TV all season. I'm going to show you all the blueprint. That's next on Speak. That's wild, like, Tomlin, though. All right, the Eagles, they face off against the Cowboys, but this is the most important conversation I will have with you all today. It is the blueprint to stopping Jalen Hurts. Nick Bosa, after the Niners completely dominated the Eagles, he said he put out the blueprint, and he hopes the Cowboys watch tape. Take a listen. When you play on a good team like this, a really good team, you have to sometimes give up some of the selfish-type statistical rushing out of your gap stuff like that um for the bigger picture and i think we did that great and um, we made jalen stay in the pocket and escape outside instead of those big gaps and uh, paid off you see it on tape though uh and then obviously we put the blueprint out there hopefully cowboys watch the tape The blueprint to stopping Jalen Hurts, according to Nick Bosa. Now pay attention for a moment. Here's the blueprint. The first thing, four have to rush as one. What do I mean by that? Both defensive tackles, both defensive ends, combining for four people, they all have to move in unison. That's number one. Number two, you have to rush the whole man. What do I mean? If this is Lane Johnson, conventional pass rushing is I want to work the outside shoulder or I want to work the inside shoulder. I want to work half a man. But the blueprint that the Niners did, you rush the whole man because you want to collapse the pocket. The second thing, you have to stop at the quarterback. If this is the quarterback, don't you dare rush past the quarterback and let the quarterback escape inside. Stop at the quarterback and eliminate his ability to escape. Eliminate Jalen Hurts' ability to escape. And the last thing, remember, no games. What do I mean by that? In football, you can run a pass rush game. The tackle might go first and the end loop inside. The end go first and the tackle loop outside. You can't run pass rush games versus Jalen hurts because he will completely exploit the pass rush games well now let's take a look at some of the tape of it okay waiting for the tablet we get in the tablet we get in the tablet are we not okay i'll show you all some of the plays here in a moment okay great you got nick bosa nick bosa right now he is going to understand the rules of it all the first rule do not rush past the quarterback make jalen hurts escape on the outside remember that is an aspect of the blueprint That's a win for the San Francisco 49ers. Now, after you see Nick Bosa executed again, here's my favorite. The Eagles have eight men in protection, but what are the Niners gonna do? Everybody rush as one, four rushing as one. The Eagles got sacked on this play, even though they had eight men in protection. Okay, now I want you all to see the Cowboys and how they do it wrong to some degree. Look at the far end on Micah Parsons. You cannot give that gap for Jalen Hurts to step up and enter. You can't under any circumstance rush half that man, allow for that pass rush window. Now you'll see again DeMarcus Lawrence on the left side of the screen. D-Law, you can't rush upfield. He'll take that gap. He will take that gap all day, every day. And then this one to me is really the most intriguing and maybe my favorite one of them all. Look at the both ends. You can't rush past the quarterback. Under no circumstance can you rush past the quarterback because Jalen Hurts will step into the pocket. And this was really the biggest play of the game, his best throw of the game. The blueprint to stopping Jalen Hurts, according to Nick Bosa, four have to rush as one. You gotta collapse the pocket. You can't rush past the quarterback. You, under no circumstance, can run games. To me, Shady, that is the blueprint, according to Nick Bosa. That was really interesting. I heard it and I was like, blueprint to stopping Jalen Hurts? 
Well, the Niners, they kept Jalen Hurts to his worst completion percentage of the season and 20 rushing yards as fewest of the season. Yeah. That was their blueprint. Shady, what do you think the key is for the Cowboys? You know team? what? I, I went back to, to the, the blueprint to beating the Cowboys. Yeah. Or the, okay. A few things. So the offense is playing extremely well right now, right? We got to find a way to, to make them one-dimensional. And they're not running the ball as well. But in, in the secondary, we got to challenge some dudes, right? We got to challenge CD Land. We know he likes to get in the slot. We got to get some pressure. Only thing about that, Prescott, he's playing well against when you send pressure with more than four. So when I say pressure, I mean the guys up front. When the Eagles were at our best last year, as we got to the quarterback, not sending blitz, not sending pressure with us four getting home. We got to make it hard for that, Prescott. The, the, the more I watch him play, he's sitting in that pocket delivering the ball. Nah. We, gotta, we need our guys up front to get hands in his face, to get him off his spots, get him off the, the, the places he want to be at. And, 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 on, and on offense for the Eagles, it's easy. Win the matchups. The, the Cowboys like to play man coverage. Like get to the quarterback and play man. You see a, a bunch of tape earlier I showed with um, Deron Bland getting beat all day, all night from um, DK Metcalf, right? Now he made that, that a couple plays to stop, stop it, but overall, the one on one matchups, they were winning. We got to find a way to win the matchups. And the last thing, the best thing, Get DeAndre Swift the football. Mm-hmm. He should touch the ball 18 times, 20 times, 25 times. That's the number, 25. If we get him 25 carries or 25 touches, we win this game. We are more productive as an offense. I know we got Jalen Hurts. Yeah. We're more productive when we get Swift going early in the running game. And then you start going to A.J. Brown and et cetera. We need our best players to play big. James, you could, you, could record, you could draw all this stuff up, but if my best player don't play best against your best player, we will not win this game. Eagles. What's the biggest key for the Eagles to win this game? How can the Eagles beat the Cowboys? Well, first and foremost, I, I, I heard Nick Bosa and I heard everything he's saying, blueprint and all that type stuff, which, which all that is cool. But at the end of the day, the Eagles had a terrible game plan for the San Francisco 49ers, all right? So they helped your blueprint because I play with Hall of Fame quarterbacks in Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. And if we seen a team dropping seven, and rushing for receivers are coming back to the huddle saying, hand the ball off, bruh. Like, what you doing? Give it to Eddie Lacy. Like, we, you know, like, get them boys to bring some, an extra body in there so we can be able to win on the outside. You showed the one clip to where it's eight people in protection and they're still dropping seven. It's three men in routes. It's seven defenders. Where Jalen going with the ball? Mm-hmm. Nowhere. So for me, the game plan for the Eagles was bad. So for them to get this W, you got to get back to doing what you do best. And that's not Jalen Hurts standing in the pocket trying to throw the ball to A.J. Brown and them. That is running the football. Whether it's design runs for Jalen, whether it's uh, runs to Swift, you have to find a way to run the football. So now you slow down that pass rush, and now you can put three, four guys into the pass routes and you can be able to help Jalen Hurts but get Jalen Hurts on the move with his legs run this football if you're able to run the football successfully you are going to have a really good chance to win this football game I think it comes down to the red zone for both teams the Niners game to me came down to two red zone two drives down the field got to the red zone you walked away with six points I think the entire dynamic of that game shifts you put a lot more pressure on Brock Purdy who knows how it turns out? That's not how it went. Six points is not pressure. That's not coming back into the game. They did what they wanted to do. They could stick with their original game plan. So for the Eagles, when they get into the red zone, they need to score. And the defense for the Eagles needs to do what they did in the first matchup. When you watch that game, what happened? What was the biggest point of that game? That, la- that drive where Dak stepped out of bounds. Mm-hmm. When, you have to, when you have to stop them, you get a, you get a fourth and one stop. 
with when they they got in, they reviewed it, and they take they took it back. Mm-hmm. The tight end's knee was down, mm-hmm. and then you stop Dak from getting the two point conversion. What do you do in the red zone? I've been saying this since the beginning of the season. Everyone hates it because when you say stats about the Cowboys, everyone gets all upset, even though it's literally just statistics about what happened. Mm-hmm. They are 17th in red zone touchdown percentage. 17th. They've been 50% or worse in eight of the 12 of their 12 games this season. In the game with the Seahawks, which we thought was a great battle, they were four for eight in the red zone. Mm. They've struggled in the red zone. So if the defense can do what they did, the Eagles defense can do what they did in the first matchup, which is give them problems in the red zone, and Jalen and the offense can score in the red zone, which they did not do against the Niners, this is going to be a, this is going to look like it did the last game. That's really what it comes down to for me for both sides of the ball. You've got to score touchdowns against great teams. Mm-hmm. Dallas had to do it, and in two moments when Dak stepped out of bounds with a two-point conversion, which would have completely changed the game, because then at the end of the game, when you're on that drive, where Bradbury and Reddick both had penalties in the final drive, you would have been in field goal position to send it to overtime. It didn't happen because in the red zone, the Eagles' defense did their job. So that's what it's going to come down to for me. For me, somebody got to be special. Mm. Shady said a little bit about it. Somebody has to be special. Shady, you, you mentioned on Monday why the Eagles lost to the Niners this year and why the Eagles beat the Niners last year. And I rewatched the game before the game, and I rewatched it again after. For me, the real difference, Eagles players were special last year in the playoffs. Y'all remember last year in the playoffs, Jalen Hurts off his back foot, first possession, he throws it to A.J. Brown, A.J. Brown fingertip catch. Later on, I believe it's fourth and three, Jalen Hurts throws it to Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith makes the best catch of his career, one-handed, full extension, toe tap. Eagles go on to score on that drive, and next thing you know, Brock Purdy gets hurt, the game is over. The Eagles players were special. Yeah. There was not one special play last week by the Eagles. Yeah. There wasn't one. Watch the game. Rewatch it. There wasn't one. The Eagles' best plays were on a slant by A.J. Brown, not special, and a pick route by A.J. Brown, not special. Somebody has to be special. Mm -hmm. Somebody has to make one of those plays where we're like, where Shady texts me during the game because they'll randomly do that. Bruh, did you see that joint? Yeah. Like, hey, bruh, he cold. Mm -hmm. If if Shady don't text me during the game, Eagles not winning. If I don't get one of those texts, one of those like, hey, that dude different, yeah. Eagles aren't winning. To me, somebody's yeah. got to be special. And you know who's been special in a lot of these Eagles wins this year? DeAndre Swift. You know who was really good last year for the Philadelphia Eagles? Miles Sanders. Yeah. Mm. When the Philadelphia Eagles run the football for over 100 yards, they 19 and 0. Mm-hmm. Over 100 yards, whether it's Jalen, whether it's running backs, combined, over 100 yards, you are 19-0. and 0. Huh? Your offense starts with the run game. You got a big-time offensive line. We all know offensive linemen hate pass protection. <laughs> they like coming off the ball run blocking. They don't like right. Demarcus Lawrence or Micah Parsons running at them full speed or Bosa. Let's come out here with a mindset and let's run the football and let the Dallas Cowboys know that here we, here we come, balls. But it's about to be a long day. It's about to be a long day. James, we heard Joy's thoughts on the Eagles and the Cowboys. I haven't heard your thoughts on what it will take for the Cowboys mm. to win the game. I know what it will take for the Eagles to win the game. Yeah. Red zone, somebody has to be special. Yeah. 20 carries, 25 carries for DeAndre Swift. Mm. What will it take for America's team, quote, yeah. unquote, to get it done? They got the right guy on the wall up there. Dak Prescott got to be special, man. Mm. Point blank, period. This is one of those games to where he has to will his team to victory. He tried last, last time they played. He came up a possession short. He stepped out of bounds, shoes too big, right, to send that thing into overtime the next time they had the ball. A possession short. Dak Prescott has to be special. You are 14-game win streak at home. 
You only beat one winning team this season. Dak Prescott has to be special. He clearly has to be better than Jalen Hurts. He has to look like he has looked over this eight-game stretch to where we got him in this MVP conversation. It's very, very simple. I don't care nothing about CD. I don't care nothing about Micah Parsons. I don't care nothing about Brandon Cooks. I don't care nothing about Coach Mike McCarthy. Dak Prescott got to show up, and Dak got to be special on Sunday Night Football. I love it. It's the game we've all been waiting for, and we will all watch. Well, we've all been waiting for Friday Flowers. Favorite segment another week. Joy hands out flowers to some of the well-deserving unsung heroes in sports. These are the stories you haven't yet heard, but you will die to hear. That's next on Speak. Family, it is time for America's favorite segment. That's Friday Flowers. Joy, what you got for us? Well, congratulations to the Lakers and the Pacers for making it to the first final of the first ever NBA Cup. The Las Vegas portion of the in-season tournament tipped off yesterday. Tyrese Halliburton, woo, oh my goodness, I know y'all saw that. I know y'all saw that. Led Indiana past Milwaukee in their semifinal matchup before the Lakers blew out the Pelicans, led by LeBron's record-setting 35-8 and in just 23 minutes. They were cooking. That leaves a very enticing finals matchup between the championship pedigree of the Lakers and a young Pacers team with the lowest payroll in the league. So you know that $500,000 check is uh, looking really nice. So an innovative idea that worked out. Well done, NBA. Looking forward to that. And it is that special time of year, not just because it's the holiday season. I love the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. And the nominees have been announced. 32 leaders in the community have been identified. And since all 32 can't win, I'm going to recognize the whole group for their efforts to address important issues in the communities and beyond. Loss of family members, homelessness, ALS, hunger. It's an incredible list of men and the charitable work that they do around the league, representing their communities and giving back, which is just incredible. Dak Prescott won last year. Very well deserved. We know he does a lot of work in the community. My brother, Jason Taylor, actually won this award in 2007, and Emmanuel's brother, Sam, was a two-time nominee. So congrats to all of the Walter Payton Man of the Year nominees. All very well-deserved. Obviously, only one man will win, but we appreciate all the work that you guys do. Yeah, I was a nominee back in the day, too. Yeah, okay. One of these days. You know what I'm saying? I was just waiting on my day to make flowers. Yeah, I was, was, uh, what, 2011, 2012? There we go, yes. I got my little, you know, my little Walter Payton, you know, nominee. He's you know, giving money, money away and all that? Uh, I need you, get, some, you get $50,000 no, 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 no. to be in a nominee. <laughs> <laughs> that goes to your, yeah, your foundation. Is he yeah, giving yeah, away yeah, money because yeah. we need I need You know what I'm saying? <laughs> 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 I need, love you know Jones for kids, man. Love Jones for kids. I um, I love this award. This one's dope. Like, because a lot of NFL players are good. You're talented. That's great. But, like, the Walter Payton Man of the Year, it just means, like, the integrity of what the person is doing in the community. So many people do so many great things. This award is dope. Uh, I didn't realize Jason won, man. Yeah, he won in 2007. Very, very proud. Very, very proud. Yeah, no, I think it's a very, it's a very prestigious award. Obviously, you know, we ask a lot from athletes to give back to the community, to show up, and you know, to win this award, you really have to be putting in a lot of work and time, not just money. A lot of these guys show up, they do the work themselves, and like I said, Dak Prescott won it last year. He did an, an incredible job, very well deserved. But he still got booed. Remember, I mean, it's the Super Bowl I, I when they was, announced I, I was it. there. I was there. Eagles. I was Eagles is in the like, building. That one he wore, remember, for the game. I was very disappointed. With, with, with uh, Eagles is in the building, though. It, it's the Walter Payton Man of the yeah. Year award. Yeah. Like, it's like Eagles one of the biggest honors you can get in your yeah, yeah, yeah. career. Like, see the man who's getting it, and we, they know we, we got it. We can calm down for a second. No, we can't. We're going to tweet about you. Congratulations. 
Pat on the back. <laughs> Eagle territory, homie. You wouldn't have like, you wouldn't have gave him one clap. Man, I, I tweet. Snaps. I tweet. No, I tweeted. Give him no snaps. I did, uh, uh, X. It's called X, right? X. Yeah. I did, you know what I mean? Good job, Dad. Yeah. Great job. It, it would have been one of them ones you don't yeah. hear. But, but <laughs> he just eagles though, what? Nah. It was it was hilarious. Well, congrats to all the nominees. Yeah, Phenomenal yeah. job, Joy. Let's go from off the field back on the field. Niners, hottest team in football, best team in football. They are rolling. But what can the man on your screen, Brock Purdy, do to win the MVP? Mm. Some people say nothing. <laughs> Others say other things. That's next on Speak. All right, family, we are in overtime. 49ers, they host the Seahawks Sunday on Fox. Niners coming off a blowout win over the Eagles. They've won four straight. Brock Purdy has been absolutely dominant in that span. But Brock Purdy, he's not exclusively atop the MVP campaign right now because Dak Prescott is still balling. So, Joy, my question for you is very simple, and it really will end up being the most polarizing question in all of sports. What in the world would it take mm. for Brock Purdy to win MVP this season? A time machine. Mm. A time machine. <laughs> Back to week five. Mm. Why? I mean, why, why? Why week five? Because we know too much. I know too much. You know when, when somebody shows up brand new? Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm. And they're like, they feeling good. Mm, they flexing a little bit. And you're like, good for you. <laughs> But you know too much. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, you know where. You know where yeah, they got the car from. Yeah, you know what I mean. You, you know what else. You know yeah. like you was like, all right, like, brother's shoes. I, I ain't gonna hate. I ain't gonna hate. Like I'm not gonna hate, but I know yeah. too much. So just just keep that over there. Rock Purdy has played at a really high level throughout the entire season, except for those three weeks, and that was the period. That's the time when you show. I'm that guy. It doesn't matter we don't have Trent Williams. It doesn't matter we don't have Depot. We don't got to blow people out the way that we're blowing everybody else out. We don't care. All the wins and losses count the same. Mm-hmm. They don't get extra points because they blew the Cowboys out. They don't get extra points because they blew the Eagles out or the Jags or anybody else. Win the games. Win, win one of the games. Explain for clarity because I know what you're talking about. We've talked about it off camera. What do you know? Go back to that three-week span. Who was absent? Mm. What Trent you Williams realize? wasn't there. No Debo wasn't there. No the defense was also struggling. They went 0-3. He had three touchdowns to five interceptions, six giveaways, had a passer rating of 77. Mm. All the other games, a passer rating of 129. He's 20-1 touchdown to interception. He's a whole different quarterback. So it's not to say that he's not a great quarterback when everyone's available. But if you have to immediately include a qualifier, mm-hmm. if we're talking about the most valuable player, it's tough for me to put you in that spot. Now, does he play the most valuable position? Yes. What happened in the postseason the NFC Championship game? He gets taken out the game, they lose. So, yes, he does play the most important and, and vital position to any NFL team. But you're not the most valuable player on your own team on your side of the ball. Yeah. And not, you're not even the, the second most valuable player. You're not even the third most valuable player. Mm. Best player. You've got Trent Williams, you've got Debo Samuel, you've got Christian McCaffrey. Mm. So when we're talking about the most valuable player, it's, it's not shade to what Brock Purdy is capable of. It's just acknowledging, acknowledging what he's also not capable of. And yes, you can say any player would look bad in that situation. You could say that, but we don't want to start digging up any kind of evidence and proof that players can overcome missing some of their best Pieces, players. Yeah. Like, you, you, should, you should steal one of those games. Yeah. You, sh- you should beat the third stringer for the Browns. You should be able to figure out a way to win. And 
while we acknowledge that this is a defense-first team, if we're going to accept that, then we kind of also have to include that if the defense is playing well, you also struggle. That everything goes as, as on the tone of the defensive side of the ball. So it's, it's hard. I just know too much. Yeah. I know too much yeah. about this team. As a whole, they are an unbelievable, dominant, smash mouth, great football team. But if you're talking about the quarterback being the most valuable player in the league, it's not gonna, I'm not going to say it's impossible because there's still some football to play. Maybe he goes on some unbelievable historical run. Who knows? But as, as it stands right now, including that information that we have and we watched with our eyeballs, I can't say he's the most valuable player in the league. I think that's a very good take. I, it would take Brock Purdy going 14-3, and three, winning the rest of the games and dominating to win MVP. Now, as an MVP voter, full transparency, unless Brock Purdy balls out of his mind, I will likely not have him number one on my ballot, though he would likely be on my what ballot. What does ball out of his mind mean? Five touchdowns, no picks. Four touchdowns, no picks. Three touchdowns, no picks. Three touchdowns, no picks. Four touchdowns, no picks. Mm -hmm. Then I'd be like, hey, I can't deny it. But th here's my thing. When I think of value, like Joyce said, when Brock Purdy played the Minnesota Vikings, there was one touchdown, two interceptions. Mm -hmm. When he played the Cincinnati Bengals, it was one touchdown, two interceptions. Mm -hmm. When he played the Cleveland Browns, Trent Williams played, though he was hobbled. Brock Purdy did lead his team down the field, but why did Kyle Shanahan not even have enough trust or at least intuition to keep trying to get more than settle for a field goal with the rookie field goal kicker? So Brock Purdy just didn't show me that he was the most valuable player on the offense. Mm -hmm. Based upon the data that I have consumed, I believe Trent Williams is the most valuable player on that offense and or Debo Samuel and or Christian McCaffrey, but based on the data I've consumed, I don't think Brock Purdy is the most valuable. But if he goes 14-3, and three, yeah. the voters, by large majority, and by congruence of votes, will make that man the most valuable player in football, and I would understand their why. Yeah. I've seen too much tape to agree with him being the most valuable, but I would understand the why. Yeah, and I was listening to Joyce take, and all that is spot on, right? Because we've seen him in that three-game span not play well. And you two were blaming it on the defense. Us two were blaming it on Brock Purdy not playing well. So for me, the only way he can win this award, because I do believe the Niners are probably going to win out and they probably are going to finish the season 14 and three. But for me, it's going to have to be some games to where if the Eagles did score both those touchdowns and he's down 14 and he comes back to win. If he gets down in a couple of these games, if, it, if something happens to where, hey, special teams fumble or whatever happens, but you're down in a ball game by double digits and you come back and you are the reason why your team won. And if you are the reason why your team won and you have come back from a couple of these leads and you find yourself at 14 and three, you ain't gonna, it's gonna be hard to take it away from him yeah. being at 14 and three because you're going to be able to put the numbers up there next to any of these quarterbacks that you're thinking of putting it up against, and he's beat three of the best. Yeah. The Trevor Lawrence, the, the Jalen Hurts, the Dak Prescott, you know? So I need to see that because I do not wanna see Debo get hurt again or Trent get hurt. I don't wanna see you without your guys. But what I do wanna see is, okay, it ain't looking good. Mm -hmm. Everything ain't on schedule right now. I can't just throw these screens. I gotta take some chances down on the football field and I'm making the right decisions and we won and we came back from these games because of Brock Purdy and I think he's going to have a really good chance to get it. I mean, what, what are we talking about here? Brock like, Purdy. Now Brock Purdy is is <laughs> should be one of the MVP guys, number one, number two. Like, this is this award is just getting crazier and crazier. No quarterback is just like balling out like that. They're like, yo, he's the MVP this year. It got to be Tyreek Hill. That, that's my... Only answer right now. When everybody asks me about, about you know, who the MVP is, and then, like when, when they say a quarterback, I'm like, well, why? Because you condition to think about a quarterback, mm -hmm. right? And I, we can look at these geeks from Vegas that 
draw up these numbers of, of plus 200 and plus. How y'all know? How, how y'all know? I, and nobody's talking about it. Like, if you look at a kid like Tyreek Hill, the stuff he's doing, the way he's playing, the stuff he's on pace to do, and in football in history that we've never done, yeah. how is he not up there? We gonna talk about Brock Purdy because he has some couple good games. This is crazy, man. Mm. After you've seen this team, the Niners put anybody at quarterback and they win these games, right? And I'm not taking nothing from Brock Purdy because he's a he's a really good quarterback. He's playing well. He has his moments. But he's playing well. But like to be the MVP, do you know what that means? Yep. When I think of MVP, I think of like right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Nobody blowing you away like that. But Tyreek Hill. So unless you're going to blow me away, I can't agree with this. So I'm sorry to, to be outside the box. Stay outside the box. <laughs> but it's like, come on, man. I love that, I love that train of thought. James, you bring up something fascinating. I'll take us to break with it is because people at home are probably thinking that's asinine. You need to see Brock Purdy overcome a deficit in order to yeah. win MVP. Like, what if he plays so good he's never behind? But it is interesting that... Overcoming adversity enhances your perceived greatness. No question. I didn't realize how good Shady was. True story, until we played the Detroit Lions in eight inches of snow. Yeah. When we played the Lions in eight inches of snow, and Shady balled out of his mind, that's when I was like... He wasn't hey. convinced until then, Shady. That, that was when I realized, no, this dude different. He, only had the, he got the same cleats wait, on as everybody wait, else. Bro, he was running like it was 70 wait, and sunny. Wait, to, to call the timeout. Wait, your first year the Eagles was what year? 2013. So... The 185 yards, two touchdowns. That didn't mean that to him, Shady. That didn't mean to him, Shady. Stop with the cutting and no. going. <laughs> Celebrate with the ball. That no, that didn't mean nothing. Because here's, here's what it was. <laughs> what about the encamp when I'm just, nobody can put no. their hands on me? Yeah. No, no that is, okay. Well, when you did the same thing in the snow yeah, it's different. and then nobody else could do it, that's what well, I was like. What was the like, celebration, Shady? Oh. I'm just saying, like, oh. like, like Whoa. I'm scoring 20 yards out with the ball in the air, yeah. celebrating, talking the, <laughs> the crowd. It wasn't in the snow. He can't. He can't. I ain't snow. really, you know, I'm not the most, like, workout dude. Yeah, he, can't, he can't be that good. I, just, seen, I just come out. I have <laughs> seen other people do that. You did? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. But look, when it was snowing, yeah. that was adversity. Oh, you know. Everybody else was slipping. Yeah. We were sliding. We was changing cleats. Man. Shady was out there, bro. I swear to God. He was out there like it was 75 and sunny. I was. Wait, watching wait, the game, like, how in the world so wait, is wait, this wait, human wait, doing this? So when you came from college at Texas, <laughs> big Texas, right? You came to the pros, and yeah. your first active game, uh, your boy cleared the game yeah. 185, two touchdowns. Yeah, it didn't mean nothing, Shady. Could've, could've, <laughs> yo, it didn't mean you, nothing. You, you, hold up. Well, you were like, ooh, ah, ooh, like, ooh, wow. None of that? Oh, that okay, didn't mean well, nothing. Well, I mean, yeah. crazy. Yeah. Yo, you know what's crazy? Ten years to the day, that game. Yeah. Is it? That's no game. Yeah. Ten years to the day. That's wow. crazy. I know that joint like yesterday. Okay, what else is crazy? The matchup this Sunday between Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. What quarterback do we trust more? It's really maybe the most meaningful game of the Bills season. If they lose, they're not making a playoffs, family. Come back to hear about it next on Speak. Family, we are in a hurry-up offense. The Chiefs, they desperately need a win after losing last week to the Packers. But who needs a win more? Josh Allen, Buffalo Bills, 6-6, six six, currently behind Gardner Minshew's Colts, currently behind Kenny Pickett's Mitch Trubisky Steelers. James, who do you trust more in this regular season pivotal matchup and why? Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, for me, um, this game, I'm going with Josh Allen. How and, and why, The reason sir? why I'm going with Josh Allen is because I don't think the problems that Kansas City Chiefs have at the wide receiver spot can be fixed. Mm. The drops, the chemistry, all of that. All that takes time. That takes a couple years. Like I said, that takes training camps. That takes big-time conversations on the field, big-time conversations in the meetings. I don't see that getting switched overnight. What I do know is 
The chemistry with Stephon Diggs is going to be there. The chemistry with Gabe Davis is going to be there. Josh is going to have this chemistry with his wide receivers out there, and I think he is in the best situation to go out there and have some success. And with what he has, I trust Josh Allen more in this game. 2-5, Pat Mahomes got you a Super Bowl ring, big dog. You got to trust him, but who you trust more? I mean, it's not even a real question. If you tell me that you would trust anybody other than Patrick Mahomes, what are we really talking about? It's Patrick Mahomes. That's what we talking about. Patrick Mahomes? Yes, sir. Yeah. Come on, man. I... You see Patty against the Packers? Yeah, listen, I'm going to say it again. Any quarterback in this league you going to take before Patrick Mahomes? I can't even take you serious. Any given Sunday, though, no? Nah, he... Jo- jo- he um, um, oh, JJ's joking. You're <laughs> 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 not being serious. I love, I love Josh Allen. Wait, 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 wait. I love Josh Allen. Hold on. So JJ stand for just joking? Yeah, yeah, he's just, he's just playing. He's just joking. 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 He's just Good thing is, we're going to have to watch these games. We're going to find out. I trust Patrick Mahomes, Mm. of course. I trust Josh Allen's receivers more than I trust Mahomes' receivers. That's why I'm saying But we're not talking about the receiving court. We're talking about the quarterback. I hear you. I hear you. But, you know, these games go any which way. Maybe it doesn't end up being a game that they win through there. They've been running the ball really well. They've been playing good defense. Checko out. Ain't playing. I hope Patty watching this show today, boy. Yeah. Forgive us. Forgive, forgive us. <laughs> I'm going to apologize for my boy already because he... <laughs> but here's the thing. Josh Allen, when he sees Patrick Mahomes, he goes crazy. Josh Allen does and play... He, and he like plays Josh really well Allen. in Arrowhead. He puts, really up good, he puts up good numbers in Arrowhead. In regular season. Regular, yeah, regular season, he be getting dubs. Playoff games, he lose too. Oh, playoff games, he be, he be getting smacked on. But last year, regular season, remember Von Miller ended the game? Patrick Mahomes, I think, threw a pig. Yo, 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 playoffs... <laughs> they lost. We're not there yet, though, they G. Matter, we it's Patrick Mahomes. We're talking Patrick Mahomes. I mean, this, 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 is, this is essentially Patty a Mahomes. playoff game for oh, the Buffalo Bills. You know. Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. We need some help. We're not Eddie talking Mahomes about nothing else. We're talking about quarterback on quarterback, right? Quarterback on quarterback. All right, yeah, you got to go Mahomes. Crazy. Uh, when we return, what we got at the end of the show? Uh, week, oh, week 14, yes, it kicked off last night. But see our picks for the rest of the games this weekend. It's a tight race. Not really. All right, family, we are in our two-minute drill. That means it's time to take a look at picks. My surprise pick of the week, I will say, is the Broncos beating the Chargers, maybe? Joyce? What's your surprise? I think Joyce is the Bills, huh? My surprise? I don't know. Yeah, I guess I I picked the Bills. Um, Picking the Colts over the Bengals. I don't know. I don't think I have that many edgy picks. <laughs> I think my surprise started yesterday. <laughs> yeah, you did. You did. You're the only you know, one. I took, I took Bill Belichick and the Patriots to win, and obviously I got the Cowboys. I like the Falcons over the Bucks. Ooh. That was hard for me. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's five yeah. and seven for six game. and six. Yeah. I didn't have a clue. Family, you can't wait for Monday's show. Cowboys, Eagles, let's go get spicy. We'll see you then.